Hello everyone and welcome to my podcast. Today we'll be looking at money flow, most notably how money is generated and flows through the digital system of today. It is really important that anyone who is even thinking about going into the music industry understands this concept because this is how people make money. This is the most notable way to make money from today because vinyls, CDs, cassettes, they are all out of fashion. Streaming is the way of today until a scientist comes up with another way that we consume music. So to start us off, we need to introduce the digital streaming platform. This is an internet-based platform where music can be streamed, and the streaming from this generates revenue for the music. You have most you've undoubtedly heard of many of these streaming platforms, Amazon Music, Spotify, YouTube Music, Twitch. These are all very good, very fashionable examples of the top music DSPs of today, and that is what allows the music to create a revenue. Now, obviously, this cannot just be trusted to the DSPs, it's not their job to sort out which money goes where, that falls upon a CMO. Now a CMO is a body that is mandated by its members to license their rights and collect and distribute their royalties in return for an administrative fee. In the UK we have PRS and PPL as our CMOs, PRS aka the Performing Rights Society, they collect revenue generated by a performance of a piece of music. PRS then pay those royalties to their members when their works are broadcast on TV, radio, if the songs, if their works are performed, PRS is there to make sure that that money goes through the correct system and meets the finds the correct people. PPL is similar, however they collect and distribute money on behalf of the record companies and performers. PPL essentially being the performance version, sorry, the, the, the record version, the recording version of what PRS is, because PRS focus more in publishing. So what is a publisher? Well, a publisher is a business who specializes in monetizing creative works. They own, cop they try to own as much copyrights to the composition, and that includes performance royalties and mechanical royalties. It is up to them to make sure that music does as well as it can in their area. And as well as that, that also is a job for record labels who manufacture, distribute, promote the recordings of affiliated musicians. It's their, it's their job to sell the artist and the products that they create. So whilst the publisher deals with the publishing rights, a record label will deal with the recording rights. And that is the 50-50 split that we see go down the middle of a creative work. So with this obviously becomes a massive drama because you can't just, there's so many different publishing companies and so many of them are owned by bigger corporations that I'll get to shortly. You need a nice way to sort them all out and you need a way for people to have their voices heard in such a wide and diverse market and that is where companies like Merlin and Impel come along to help these companies lift themselves up into the companies that they can be. Merlin is a company designed for indie labels to sign up to in order to increase their brand power and negotiating weight for licenses with these DSPs. For a quick thing before I mention it later, you have to have a license with a DSP in order so that your music, so that your royalties can move down the stream. If you don't have a license, you can't put your music on there, it does not work. So Merlin is a, t is a company that you sign up to as an independent, you have to be an independent label to sign up to Merlin, and it allows you to increase your brand power and your weight and your negotiating weight. This essentially means that Merlin are essentially muscle for hire when it comes to 
sitting at the negotiating table. They will make sure that you have some power in your corner, a nice sharp set of business teeth, and they'll make sure that you can get the best possible deal with the DSPs. Impel is very, very similar. They are essentially Merlin, but for publishers instead. You have to be an independent publisher, and they make sure that everything goes nice and smoothly, and I, I believe they are by the publisher, for the publisher. They are run by publishers. Everything they do is in direct response. They want everything to be lovely, nice, calm. It, they want it to go exactly the way it wants to go. Now, as I said, as I mentioned earlier, they are major. Uh, they are indie and they are distributors. And the, the difference between them is night and day. With the major, there are five big companies. The big five, as they are very fittingly called. You have Sony, Universal, Warner, BMG and Cobalt in no particular order. They are the majors when it comes to publishing in this world. They oversee a huge majority of music in world worldwide. You know, they are huge in the business and that is why they're called the Big Five. It is a bit harder for other independent labels to break through and topple those giants. However, that is what Merlin and Impel are there for. Uh, indie labels and publishing are a bit different. Domino being a lovely example of just how well you can do with the Arctic Monkeys being signed to Domino, being signed to them for ages now, and they became they have become a worldwide success since. So there are clearly some good talent to be found. Not the majors don't have everything for themselves, as one might maybe suspect. We then have distributors. They are a bit different. They essentially distribute your works so that everyone can do the best they can. The music can do the best it can. Distributors are there to make sure that everything your music does. You know, it gets pretty much exploited for all it can, which is not a bad word in today's in the music industry. Explo exploitation may sound bad under any other circumstance. It usually is. But in music, you want your work to be exploited so that it can make you money. And that is what they're there for. However, to do this, it's not as simple. You don't just put your music up and it all goes willy-nilly. No, there are business discussions to be had and that is where licenses come in. There are three main types of licenses when dealing with this. We have a direct, we have a collective, and we have a compulsory. So first of the direct. So a direct license is a bespoke deal between a licensor and a licensee. This is usually done by majors with streaming, and this can be done via with sync deals, with samples, distribution. You have to get a direct license in order to do these things. You cannot just take, take, take. A license is very much necessary. Then we have a compulsory license. Now, a compulsory license is negotiated by a collective management organization, a CMO, which is what I said earlier, PRS, PPL. They're negotiated by them. This is for you radio, this is for TV in the UK, cover versions of already established songs with a compulsory mechanical license for that, which falls under a com which is a compulsory compulsory license in itself. A compulsory license is required to do all of those things within the UK. This will be different with other countries in the world. Then we have a collective license. Now a collective license is when rights owners group together to do a deal. This will be Merlin on live performances, Merlin on clubs. It is when rights owners all get together so that they have a bit more power. As I said, they have more power in their corner, a bit more punch. Now, CMOs can't enter a collective deal with each DSP. That would be ridiculous. It would take way too much time, be way too much effort. It wouldn't be worth it. And that is where we get hubs from. So CMOs will enter into groups or hubs instead. 
in the UK, for example, we are hooked up, PRS is hooked up to ICE, which is a partnership with the IMRO, which is Ireland, STIM, which is Sweden's, and Gemma, or Gemma, which is Germany's. This is all their version of PRS, this is all their CMOs, and this allows it to be a more efficient system on an on a international scale, rather than everyone doing it all individually and it being a massive mess. This essentially makes sure that everything is done efficient, everything is done right, everything is done thing, and it also encourages international relationships by making sure that music being used across the earth makes sure that it gets its proper payment. There are other examples of this. We have Armonia, which is a relationship between AKM, Artistius, Sabum, Sesem, SGAE, SIAE, SPAUTRES, and SUISA. This is pretty much the same thing as ICE, but this is a different version of one. But they all do essentially the same job, is trying to make it as efficient as possible and also making sure that the collective deals with DSPs are a lot more limited so that they don't have to, you know, have it being a massive whirlwind of different deals and different licenses, which no one would ever be able to agree upon as it's too much. So as we move on, we have the publishing we have the publishing so we have impel as i mentioned we have ice to talk about and ammonia to talk about so moving on to the recording money flow now this is where the money is made this is where it all chains together and there are five different main ways in which a recording artist makes their money i have been told there are six however with a major label and a major distributor being the same path it doesn't really matter you can group them together it is essentially the same steps so for this example, our DSP will be Spotify and our major owned will be Universal. So we start off at Spotify, our DSP, our song gets listened to and then the recording moves down to a major owned distributor which will or a label which will be Universal and then that goes straight via a direct license as I said and this will then go down to the recording artist via another direct license. So there has to be a license for each step of the way. You cannot just get money. There has to be the license there so that it can move via the proper proceeds and it can all be checked and referenced and everything has to be nice and pretty and a nice little pretty little bow so that everything can go lovely and smoothly. Then we have an artist signed to... That was for an artist signed to a major label. We then have an artist signed to a Merlin label. Now, Merlin, as I said, you know, all that massive, massive company designed to helping indie labels get their, get their teeth, get their teeth in sharp. It would start at a DSP. It would go to Merlin via a collective license. It would then go to the record label via a direct license and then to the recording artist via a direct license. Remember that record label has to be an independent. For example, in the UK, XL Recordings or Domino. Those two very good examples of good independent labels. If they're signed up to Merlin, they then have access to their services and that is the steps in which that one takes. If an artist was signed to a small independent label who wasn't hooked up to Merlin, for example, it would go to the distributor. They would have to use an external distributor or themselves if they had a section for that. However, it would go from the DSP, Spotify, to the distributor via a direct license, then to the recording label via a direct license, and then to the recording artist via another direct license. A direct license is the most common type of license and that is why, because it takes up a huge portion of the steps in this industry. Now, in the event that an artist doesn't have 
a record a record deal. That is quite a very common artist, especially for upcoming artists who may not may not have broken into the industry yet. Well, then you'd be working with an indie digital distributor, someone to give your music to, so that they can handle and take that off your chest whilst you focus on your own career. So that would go via the DSP to an indie distributor via a direct license, and then to the recording artist via another direct license, essentially taking out the middleman. And yes, while you may be looking at that thinking, well, why is a record label necessary? Well, for a flurry of reasons, for example, brand development, artist development, recording artist development, you know, there's there's really a lot, contacts, and I will not be diving into it today, but there is a huge reason why record, record labels are important, and this is purely just so that the money flow through these companies. Now, of course, artists can work on their own. You don't have to go through all these steps, but you still do need the licenses. If an artist is working on their own, you go straight from the DSP to the recording artist to buy a direct license. For example, if I was to post my music on YouTube and someone were to listen to it, I would get the money straight away. That is a direct license, and that is the way it works. So that that is the recording side of it, and that is how the money moves through it. We then have the publishing money flow. So a song is always split into 50-50. You have the recording and you have the publishing. We've just covered the recording, so now we will focus on the publishing of money, the money side of publishing uh, revenue flow. So for an unpublished songwriter who is registered to PRS and MCPS, that is incredibly important. You have to be registered to them, otherwise you cannot, this doesn't work, your work isn't protected, it is huge. Being registered to them is the one thing that I would always advise artists to do as it allows them to get paid properly. Yeah. So the first step, so it would go from a DSP to ICE via a collective deal. It would then go from ICE to PRS via a direct deal and then PRS to the songwriter via another direct deal. Again, with direct deals licenses being the most common here. So we then have a songwriter that is published by an indie songwriter. So there's always a 50-50 split within this as well. I know there's a lot of percentages. It does get very complicated. However, there is a 50-50 split with one path always being from the DSP to ICE to the CMO, then to the songwriter. That is always a step that is, will never ever change. There will always be 50% of those going there due to the fact that a publisher in the in Europe cannot own 100% of the songwriting rights. There has to be that 50% of those is always owned by the songwriter. That is the law in Europe. It is different in the States. I'll get onto that shortly. But you would go 50% DSP, ICE, CMO, songwriter. Doesn't change. And then for the indie publisher, it would be the DSP to ICE, to the CMO, to the publisher, and then to the songwriter, taking similar steps, but having the publisher in between. If it is an Impel registered publisher, it would obviously have the same step that requires all of them. It would be a DSP to ICE to CMO to Impel to the publisher and then to the songwriter, each white person taking their cut until it eventually ends up with the songwriter. If the, po if the composer is signed to the Big Five, it is a bit different. It would go from a DSP to an SPV to a publisher and then to a songwriter. Now you may be wondering, what is an SPV? That you know, we haven't heard that term before. That is called a special purpose vehicle. Because a publisher cannot own the composition outright, 
they have to enter into a joint venture with a CMO. This is called a special purpose vehicle. For example, we have Solar, which is an agreement between Sony and Gemma, PRS, which is R1 obviously, and Gemma. And it is essentially a way so that everything can move smoothly through this industry with the European laws that are in place. So the big fat publishers in the USA are a bit different. They can own 100% of the publishing rights. They do direct deals with the DSPs to avoid the collective licenses, as there's no need to use them when you can own 100% of the publishing rights. So in the USA, it's a bit different. It would go the DSP, major publisher, and then the songwriter straight away. No middleman, no second branch. That will always stick. It is very, very different. If it's outside the USA, it's called a partial withdrawal. A songwriter can only assign 50% of their songwriting rights. Um, in Europe, the Big Five can do, direct streaming, can do direct streaming licenses, and because each publisher doesn't own the composition outright, they each do a deal with a CMO. That is a special purpose vehicle, which I just touched upon. Now, a good example of how I can show this would be a money flow example of Childish Gambino's Me and Your Mama in the UK. Childish Gambino is an artist who I respect very, very much, and I very much love his music, and I believe this is a good example to show everyone, him being such a huge star of how it moves. So, it would all start at the DSP. There, remember, there are three pathways. You have the one permanency in the publishing in Europe. You have the one DSP which goes down to the songwriter in the publishing and then you have the recording ways so there's three different branches two publishing one recording one which doesn't change the one that doesn't change obviously in the uk being a dsp to ice via a collective license then to prs via a direct license then to childish gambino via a direct license again then we have his publishing deal which is a dsp which is dsp to the special purpose vehicle as a collective which would be Solar, being at PRS. It would then go to Universal via a direct license because that is who he is signed with for his um, for his publishing rights. And then it would go down to Childish Gambino for his, for his cut. And then we would go to the DSP for the recording. It would go from the DSP to the Collective Neighbouring Rights Records, or Cobalt, that is, they recently rebranded their recording into Collective, with a K via a direct license, and then to Gambino via a direct license again. Now, while this may seem very confusing, I hope that I've done a very good job in explaining to you how money moves through the industry. The main thing to remember is that there is three channels, two publishing, one recording, it all ends up with the songwriter getting a cut from the money, especially in Europe. Everything here is important, and I believe that you know, this listening to this will give you a good insight into how this works, who everyone is, why everyone is the way they are. There is m many, many examples of this throughout the thing. Childish Gambino is just simply a preferred artist I like as to why I chose him as my recording.